Revolting is produced by the Cycling Independent, the only cycling media completely free of commercial influence. We are community-supported and dedicated to the whole of cycling. As our tagline says, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. This is Revolting with Steve and Robot on the Cycling Independent, Episode 20, Cross-Training for Chaos. Uh, that's right. Content warning. We're obligated to tell you before we start that this podcast contemplates both mature and immature themes. You might not like all the words we use or the ideas we bring up. If you're sensitive about these things, maybe this isn't the podcast for you. It's okay. We still love you. Just a little bit less than we did before. Little, little less respect. So this episode uh, is about all the shit we do to be able to keep doing all the shit we do. Heard that. Yeah. I actually met with my chiropractor yesterday, Dr. Steve Noble, and he was discussing, he's been racing mountain bikes since uh, mm, early 90s. Early 90s and, and uh, <clears throat> you know, he's like, you got to do so much shit to be able to maintain maybe the late 80s. I mean, he was like like one of the he beat Tinker in a dual slalom at uh, Mammoth in like 1907. <laughs> <laughs> I think I mean, he's been he's been doing it forever. I and mean, he's not, you know, much. I think he's old. He's younger than I am. <clears throat> he's just been racing bikes forever and ever, but he's just talking yesterday about all of the things that one has to do to maintain the physicality really, you know, like I, I talked to one, uh, body worker one time I said, I don't want to crash. I don't want to fall down, you know, but I want to be able to fall down. I want to be able to crash so yeah. that I, I'm not just completely fucking incapacitated. So, um, it's not uh it's not gonna t- tear everything apart you know <laughs> when you hit the ground cuz after 50 man things really start to shift in a pretty profound way i think probably after 40 yeah yeah i i can i can re- recall a few steps down this ladder starting at like 34 and then accelerating at 40, and then just the last two years have been... I, I, we'll get to this in a second. I, I, I work out with a group of people uh, at dawn twice a week, and uh, I am the one that comes up with the workouts. And um, one of the guys who attends regularly is like, we should do a, a, a John... Um, injury bingo workout where you just put <laughs> one of your injuries in each of the boxes and they correspond to some horrible torture exercise and we just call them out and then i was that's, like uh, well shit I, I can recall quite a few there are a lot i could fill a lot of boxes and i think i told you this before i was at the doctor for a physical last year and she looked down at my chart and she's like wow and i said well what's wow she goes you have a lot of trauma in this chart. And I was like, 
I do. And then she just started reading things and I was like, oh, yeah. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I remember. Ooh, that sucked. Yep. Yep. Oh, forgot about that one. Yeah. At this point, it's it's I mean, it's really just a matter of preventative maintenance. You know, like I knew a long time ago that I needed to do something besides. Uh, ride bikes or ride skateboards. Right. And, uh, you know, you, like, I think about the, that there's that movie called the triplets of Belleville. Yeah. It's like an animated musical kind of a thing about a cyclist who looks a little bit like Fausto Copi, like humongous legs and a totally emaciated upper body. Right. Um, and that sort of thing, the overdevelopment of some parts of your body and under and the, and the, the neglect of other parts of your body lead to trauma, lead to injury. Sure. You know, so when your doctor's looking at that chart, I suspect it's not just from abuse or injury, but it's because you have long done one thing and not an array of things. Well, the thing is, I've been doing a, a, an array of things for a long time, but what I have discovered, like right now I'm, I'm going to physical therapy twice a week because I have a bulbous, horrible case of Achilles tendonitis. Like I have a thing on the back of my left Achilles, which is the size it's larger than a marble. It's just a scar tissue. Um, I don't know. I want to use the word fistula just because I want to use the word. Fi- <laughs> it's a f- little shit show. And um, she's she's like, oh, well, this you have this because of the two muscles in your calf. There's the gastrocnemius and the soleus. Your soleus is underdeveloped. And I was like. Fuck you. You know, like one, just one of the muscles in my calf is underdeveloped. And that's why this has happened. I mean, it's happened because I'm old and I do too much stuff. But um, I think it's not even just about doing. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is you can do everything, but there's still more to do. And I mm-hmm. think that that is a good segue because the reason we're having this episode, the reason we're having this conversation is because you are now discovering all of the muscles in your groin and buttocks. <laughs> well, it was actually, it, weirdly, it was my legs that really like, so when I was, I don't know, two weeks ago, I, I, I see my chiropractor probably once a week. Dr. Steve Brules. Dr. Dr. Steve Brule, and I see my um, oh, Jesus, Mike Cushenberry is calling me right now. Oh, Cush! Later, oh, nerd. Just flushed yeah. the editor of Mountain Flyer magazine. <laughs> That's the kind of power move Steve will pulls on this podcast. Uh, uh, so he, we were talking, and we were talking about hip strength and core strength in terms of balance and injury prevention. And um, he was like, well, here's here's one exercise that I like to do. And I was like, oh, hip strength. Fuck, I got to go to bar class again. And bar class, I did this probably three years ago. And it's B-A-R-R-E, mm. uh, not to be confused with the 
going to the bar. Like people think I'm just going, people thought I was going to bartending school and I started talking about going to bar class. Yeah. But it is, I think it's sort of the foundation of it is ballet. So it's the ballet bar. Yeah. Uh, and there are elements of Pilates and there are elements of yoga. And it's like these weird kind of, you do these micro isometric movements, but you do them rapidly and you do a lot of them oh. and you do it for an hour. And um, the first classes I took, it's it's like super geared towards for women, weirdly. Um, uh, and so when I first started taking these classes, I was a dude in a class of like 30 women, all of whom were looking at me like I was on fire. And I would just be this puddle of sweat and and like not no grace, no fluidity. Like I just look. I look, I look terrible. How much audible groaning do you do during the? Well, the music's super loud. Oh, the music's terrible too. Like it's just none of it really suits my sensibilities. But um, but it feels really good to do, and I like being the sore thumb, you know. But I was describing. I was like, it's it's every bit like the turd in the punch bowl (laughs) because you've got all these, you know, pretty fit women, and then you got this dude who is just like sweating through his clothes in the corner. <laughs> Why is that guy in a pair of dickies here? <laughs> I put myself in the corner. I was going to, I went, so this first one I went to was the evening class. And then I was going to start doing morning classes. But then I realized like it would be bright in the studio and everyone would get a good glimpse at me. Yeah. And I didn't want that. So I like put myself in the corner. I do evening classes. The lights are low and, and and I'm committing to this at least until the time changes. And then people have to see like what an absolute train wreck I actually look like back there. Well, but, maybe you'll be a balletic Adonis by then. And, you know. Well, it's it's I mean, besides it's doing something other than, uh, you know, strengthening the parts of me that aren't strengthened. Uh, there was a conversation that I had with my wife i don't even know what to call her like she's we're married but like i haven't seen her in almost a year you know so like my former wife my my former i don't know what to call her anyway she's in the bathroom one day and she's like and i'm standing in the bedroom and she goes you you gotta start channeling your inner dancer and i was like well what do you mean she's like you just you're like a fucking bull in a china shop like you just plow through shit like everything you do is is like kind of uncoordinated and really forceful and i was like yeah yeah channel my inner dancer i think that's good like and i'm putting on some pajama pants like some flannel soft comfy pajama pants and i put my left foot through and i look at my foot and my pinky toe is at a right angle oh to my foot and then i like pop it back into place and i pop it back out and i was like hey is this a thing that feet do or is that I've just never noticed before? And she's like, you got to be fucking kidding me, dude. I separated my pinky toe putting on pajama pants. Oh, so that was like in every definition, like, you know, I am, I, I don't have very much physical awareness. I'm just this blocky rectangle, like plowing through the world. Right. So this class also gives me some, um, you know, ability to tune my, my agility and my grace and, and all of this stuff, I think 
applies to um, athletic endeavors. You know, I've heard I'm growing up hearing hearing about um, you know professional football players who took ballet classes and that sort of thing. Yeah. So um, yeah, that first class though, I was fucked. Like <laughs> my legs are the only part of me that I think is strong and work well. And you were wrong. I was every single muscle that didn't work um that or that I don't usually access had been completely shredded and I I mean I was like I dropped a vitamin on the floor and I just stood there and looked at it for 5 minutes like there's no <laughs> way I can bend over to pick this thing up I had a hard time getting out of bed I was really struggling getting out of the bathtub like it was fucking excruciating Oh yeah that vitamin that's just where that is now that's, that's just where, where that, that is, is. I, dropped, I dropped my bike lock key on the ground and I almost asked a passerby to get it for me. Yeah. Like I wanted one of those grabbers, like one of those grabber right. things to carry in my bag in case I, in case I drop something. You in need there. a I grabber and one of those little rascal mobility scooters. Oh man. Oh boy. It was rough, but yeah. I've had a number of classes since and I feel much better. My butt's a little sore today, but yeah. Well, I do this thing. Um, called Suffer Club. In Sounds fact, I've got the Suffer Club fun. sweatshirt on. Check that you out. Sure do. Anyway, that. so Suffer Club is this thing. It's outdoors. We meet in the local park. There's a big park right by my house. We meet there and we do all manner of shit uh, for an hour every Tuesday and Thursday at dawn. Uh and we call it Suffer Club because it hurts and it's hard. And we go out there in the rain and we go out there when it's cold. Like the the ground rule is if it's under 20 degrees, we don't meet. But otherwise, show up. And uh, it's everything. It's like calisthenics. Uh, there's like sometimes we bring kettlebells. Um, there's like agility shit. And we run stairs and hills and like all of that. Right. And the I point is. What? I think that's awesome. I think that's awesome. Well, what's what's weird about it is I would have told you, I still might tell you, <laughs> that I fucking hate to exercise for the sake of exercising. And that's I think that's kind of what we're talking about here, right? We're talking about, like, if you're going to skate or you're going <clears> to <throat> ride bikes, that's a thing you're into. You don't think about that as exercise, even though it's it is in some right. way exercise, right? So there's this other stuff that we're doing in order to be able to do that stuff. Yeah. And um, my wife used to teach these fitness classes and she was like, you should come, you should come, you should come. And I was like, no, I do. I like the things that I do and I'm all good. And then I, I tore these tendons in the back of my hand. I have this scar. I put it through a pane of glass, uh, which was not one of my finer moments. That was another trauma in the chart, the surgery to have that done. And then when it was healing, I couldn't, I wasn't allowed to bend my hand or my wrist. So I was in this splint, right? So I couldn't ride bikes. I couldn't do anything and I wasn't allowed to fall down. So I was starting to lose my mind. Uh, what was, what there was of it. And my wife was like, you, sh you should come to the thing and I'll just modify the exercises for you because if you don't do something physical soon, uh, you're going to kill yourself or I'm going to kill you, but either way you'll be dead. <laughs> so I show up and I was like, this is fucking terrible. 
first 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 session this is terrible second session that is awful i hate that third session i was like ah yeah it's not so bad fourth session i'm starting to make friends with the people who are there and then eventually i'm just kind of in it and i'm doing it and then my hand gets better and i keep doing it and then uh eventually my wife's like i'm tired of planning this thing every week uh now you do it so then she started i started planning the, the stupid thing and then uh, right around the, the election before last. So we've been doing this thing for like eight years. Um, well, the, the other part of the story is not that important. The, 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 the gist of that is that everyone throws in money and we give all the money away periodically to charities and stuff. So everyone is like, everyone who's in it is, is like super committed and shows up all the time in all this terrible weather. But we do this stuff and um, I am definitely stronger in like I can do push ups. I can do all the stuff which I couldn't do at all, you know, in my 30s. I mean, you know, not much. Well, that just that by itself feels really good. You know, like we've had we've had conversations where. We discuss <clears throat> if we rounded up a thousand people our age. Could they do the things that we do? You know, when you start bemoaning, like being middle aged now, and middle aged was I just it seemed so old to me when I was not middle aged, and now <laughs> right. I guess, you, and I'm somewhere. If if you would assume that a person is going to live into their nineties or maybe a hundred, we're like smack dab on the center of the scale. And can I do things now that I couldn't do <clears throat> ten years ago, or? 20 years ago? Yeah. Not really. Like, not really. I'm really, like, trying to fucking cling on to every shred of... Preserving, of yeah. ...ability that I I can, but all things being relative, like, I'm still kind of... I mean, I'm not I'm not doing too badly on, on my life's grand s- scheme of things. Right. And, and that feels, that feels great. And even after, you know, these four classes that I have five classes or whatever I've taken so far, I went on a ride the other day and I didn't get fatigued at all. Like I was motoring, like I was channeling some Belgians, you know, <laughs> just without, without even thinking like spinning perfect circles, yeah, riding up stuff that I might otherwise have to stand for, you know, it was like, it was, it was kind of dope, like to see rapid changes felt felt like i was pointed in the right direction no do you do do yoga also um a little bit i mean just like uh, you know in my house with my youtube lady i struggle with that i used to go to i used to have a job downtown and there was a yoga studio around the corner and i would go at lunch and i was on that for a long time and i was i was solid and then and it was so good for you, right? It's I feel like whatever's wrong with me, the answer is yoga. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I love it. I just don't have the I don't know, I don't have the discipline. Maybe if there was a yoga studio next to the bar studio, then I I might do it, but I just I can't I don't know. I don't yeah. know for some reason I can't make myself I'd rather do, it at do home. I'd right, way rather do yoga than Pilates, that's for sure. I fucking hate Pilates. I hate Pilates so much. I've never done that. Why why is that? Well, one, I'm not strong enough for it. Like, 
when I first started doing it, I, you know, I had like a, a DVD or something. I was like, look at this little wafy lady. Like, I'm a big, strong guy. I can do this shit. And then it was like, it's totally demoralized. But secondly, because it's so hyper specific, like the positions and the moves you have to do are really exact and you're, tr and you're targeting very specific muscles, at least as far as I understand it. And then you like, I'm completely gassed by the time I get in the, the position correctly. And then I can't hold it. You know what I mean? Like, because you'd like have to adjust your shoulder this way. You have to adjust your hand that way. You just, it's these little minor tweaks and, and you're sitting there like shaking and sweating. And by the time you get the position right, you can't, I, I can't hold it anymore. So it, and it makes my head hurt. I think I like put too much effort into it or something. So I'm like bearing down and I don't know. Doing I just get these bad headaches. Kind of, you know, like when you're really trying to like, push a gigantic turd out and you're breaking all the blood vessels in your head. They say you're not supposed to do that. Like that's what I'm doing, except I'm doing, I'm body sizing. Right. It's awful. Right. It's a mess. I'm not, I don't like it. The thing that uh, uh, my yoga teacher used to say that I, I yell, I eventually I yelled at her about, she's like, no, John, you have to tip your pelvis. Like it's a bowl of soup. Just tip your pelvis. Yeah. And eventually I was like, I was like, Katie, my fucking pelvis doesn't tilt. <laughs> And why am I pouring this soup out? What's wrong with my soup? Like, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, there's all the, there's like the pelvic, pelvic shift or the pelvic rocking. And then your spine is a string of pearls. And in the way that they talk, it just, it's fucking annoying. It's, it's like, tough. and then you're, you're grounded from the, from the tip of your sit bones into the earth. You're growing roots. And it's like, they all sound exactly the same. It's the same cadence and the yeah. same inflection and shit. And it just fucking bugs me. Well, that here's, part here's part of the, I, what you're kind of getting at there is part of my problem. Part of the reason that I didn't do a lot of things before I eventually gave up and did them. But pretty much everything I gave up and did is because my wife was like, you should do this. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, uh. And this is going to uh, expose how stupid I am. But a lot of the time, like if she would say, you should do this, I'd be like, that's not punk rock. Fuck that. I mean, literally, I would say that. And she'd be like, are you serious right now? Like, you're a middle aged man. <laughs> yes. But I would keep I would keep myself from doing things because I'd be like, ah, meh. Yeah. That's not in, yeah. the, in the rules. And even, you know, what is, is kind of wonky about that is that if it, and I'm, I, you know, I'm speaking for you, but if, if somebody else had said that, you know, this is kind of a weird thing about a, about a partnership is that your, your partner says, you know, why don't you do that? And you're like a little resistant to it. Yeah. But if, you know, if I got a hold of you and I was like, dude, you should ch check this out. You might be a little bit more receptive. At least that's how. No, that's I think that's right. Like, I would never in a million years go to bar class. Yeah. But now you're doing it. I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you really, okay. really got it's. It's so <laughs> dope. It's so ridiculous. It's. I'm trying to get my friend, like, like get a couple guy friends to do it with me here. And uh, one response was, I'm already strong enough as it is. Like, <laughs> just so, so my friend Greg was just not having it. I was like, dude, it's, it will be hilarious. Is this Donkey Lope, Greg? Yeah. 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 
and he's you know he's like he's a just a monster like unbelievably the the willpower that dude has is ridiculous he just he's kind of i think he's kind of like like i was like separating my toe and my pajama pants like you know he just puts pain or injury just out of his mind and he just fucking barges but i don't know how sustainable that is you know like for me, it, it, it just can't work that way. I was talking about this with my physical therapist because, you know, I have this thing, this ankle injury that I'm I'm rehabbing. And she's like, well, how's the pain? And I was like, I don't really know. Like, I ran through this pain for so long. And I'm not yeah. trying to say I'm tough. I just think your brain compartmentalizes these things, right? Like, I ran 30 miles on that ankle. And so it hurts less than it hurt then. But if I tell you that it's a two out of 10, I don't even know what two is. And she's like, well, yeah. it's all relative to you. And I was like, but is it? Is the fact that I've put it in some compartment in another part of my brain keeping me from chilling out enough to actually heal the stupid thing? Because you do yeah. like you get used to pain, right? Like when I broke my collarbone. I hit the ground. I heard it snap. I rolled over. I looked up and I was like, oh, look at the sun through the trees. It's really beautiful. I've definitely injured myself and need to go to the doctor immediately. <laughs> but, yeah. I, but I wasn't like. I wasn't the that brain, troubled. The brain is a real trip in terms of how it processes pain. Um, and I. There's a guy I used to train with, this guy, uh, Anthony, and he had a client who was had like severe osteoporosis. And he said, for all reason, reasoning, this guy should just be in crippling agony. But he's not. Yeah. And he comes to the gym and he's got, you know, he's always happy. So somehow this guy has made a disconnect and you can create, we've talked about this before too, you can create pain and you can create wellness, I think, with the power of your own mind and your own perspective. Uh, you know, not that you can like fucking, if you have terminal cancer, you can't undo that. But I think that you can, um, there is a whole theory regarding, um, Various forms like wrist pain is associated with being restricted in your existence and you get, yeah, you free yourself of those oh. restrictions and the pain can potentially go away according to this one theory. I don't know. I just, it's it, everybody, I understand everybody's got a different pain tolerance and everybody processes it differently, but I really think that you can shift yeah, I mean that this is the only it's the only thing that makes sense to me is that you can shift how you uh, how you receive it or how you experience it. I so after I broke my collarbone uh, and the healing for that was pretty straightforward. And then I got I got frozen shoulder after that, which is basically oh, like, yeah, you, you know, the that. muscles around your shoulder constrict and they basically say, yeah, we we understand that you've been through something and we've decided to shut that area down. <laughs> so I was struggling with this and you can, it can go on for a long time. Frozen shoulder for like no mm -hmm. reason. It's not related to the trauma anymore. It's just, 
it just is what it is. So I went and met with. A, Isn't it essentially like those those muscles have have seized up to to essentially protect? Yeah. The the that part of your body, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. exactly. So I went and met with my friend Jeanette, who is a personal trainer, but like super experienced, high level. You know, she's done research in all kinds of areas. And I met with her and she starts moving my shoulder around. She's like, look, your shoulder, your shoulder can move. You can move it a little bit. And then she said, you know what you're experiencing is fear. Your mm. brain is afraid that you, that pain is coming back. So it's protecting it's protecting what it's got. Um, and so you can move through this. It's not that it's not real. It's not that the muscles aren't constricted and you don't have to do actual work. But a big part of doing that work is you overcoming the fear of the pain and just allowing yeah. the shoulder to move as much as it can move. And it was like that day the I turned the corner and uh, I mean, it's a physical, uh, not a physical, a, a massage therapist also did a lot of good stuff uh, with those muscles. But um, but I do think, yeah, that mental piece is is huge. It's a block, really. It can be. Yeah. You know, there's a there's a I, I know I've referenced this guy, Dr. John E. Sarno. He's written a couple of books and there's a, a documentary about him called All the Rage. And it, there are people who just have like incapacitating IBS or uh, <laughs> ulcers or, you know, like, and it's in, and, and these people are just like, whatever, they're just, life has worked them over to such a degree that they have invented these illnesses. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's really fascinating. And I'm doing a terrible job of describing his theory, but. Well, that's very consistent with revolting as an outlet for medical <laughs> science. <laughs> no, you say that one time. We're not, we're not doing science any harm. <laughs> that's here. right. We're not. We're not. <laughs> science got nothing to fear from us. Uh, yeah. So, what are you doing to be healthy enough to do the things you really want to do? Question two. Have we talked? We did question one. Here? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, question two. And again, uh, robot sends over a list of questions. This he's actually come up. I feel like I should say that he's come up with every topic that we've talked about in uh, nineteen episodes, and I finally came up with this one today. <laughs> this on is my you. Own. <laughs> um, and uh, and I'm probably not going to do the next nineteen episodes either. Those will all be my friend Tina used to say, "Tell me a story," and I was like. I, I can't, I don't have any stories. Yeah. But if you say, tell me a story about 7-Eleven, then I'll talk about the guy Mark beating up three dudes inside of their own car. You know, like I've got, so it's hard for me to come up with shit off the top of my head, but man, once you get me rolling, it's. Well, that's funny because before we started recording, I told you about the fart in a jar. <laughs> so I said to Steve, I was like, hey, like we live 3000 miles apart. I was like, oh, I was cleaning out a jar of peanut butter and I was looking at the jar and I was like, wow, the seal on that's really good. If I farted in this jar and then taped it up and mailed it to Steve, would the fart still be in the jar when it got to him? And he, so I said, I say this, right, just because that's a greeting. And, and he's like, well, actually, 
And then he ha- he has a whole story about a fart in a bottle. <laughs> He's like, actually, yeah. actually, I have scientific information. I have data for you on this. <laughs> it was either at, it was Adam Morrow. I remember Adam Morrow had a fart that was trapped. <laughs> 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 it was trapped in a rum bottle in his room and I can't remember if he put it in there <laughs> or <laughs> or if Pete Niehoff put it in there but yeah and he sat on the shelf forever and his bottle just had all this condensation in it and I just we'd go over there and listen to records and I'd look at this fucking sweaty rum bottle on the shelf think what kind of fucking terrible science experiment is this and yeah. and mo- more importantly am I going to be talking about this in 30 30- eight years yeah and well here Here we we have the answer here we are uh so the basic premise here is that you have to put uh, have to put in some work to be able to keep playing bikes or skateboards or whatever you do like to do but is it possible slash true that we enjoy doing these things uh these other things the other things do we enjoy doing yoga do we enjoy doing suffer club yeah bar class yeah. What's your hot take on enjoying bar class? Because uh, we've established enjoy... that it's good for you and that you need to do it and that it's full of uh, fit, attractive women who you are trying to be invisible to. <laughs> completely invisible to. Yeah. Like, I don't even like, I'm like, I'm like closing my eyes and just like, like putting my head down when I'm there. I'm, I'm just, I want to be fucking invisible. Yeah. But I do enjoy doing it. Um, I enjoy feeling like I'm doing something to help sustain the things that I love to do and just over overarchingly, if that's a term, I enjoy just what a completely fucking weird social experiment (laughs) it is for me because I just feel so, I feel so awkward and you know, Eleanor Roosevelt said, do one thing every day that scares you. Yeah. Like this terrifies me. Uh, women scare me. Um, not being good at something scares me. Yeah. Uh, looking like a fool in public scares me. That's ironic. If I can control the foolishness. Yeah. Cool. Right. Like that doesn't bother me at all. I got you. There's a difference between performative foolishness and. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. So all of these, there are so many components to this that scare me um, or make me not scare me, maybe, but make me uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, being judged, you know, by. I don't know, man, I'm just like trying to fucking shed some old skin and, and I feel like this checks a whole bunch of boxes. Right. All, all at the same time. Right. This is your eat, pray, love. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, I asked, I asked, I I was worried that, um, because it is so packed with women, like there is not a single dude I've seen on the premises yet. Yeah. And, um, and I, because it's like a secret women's club and this is like definitely a safe place for women. I didn't want anybody to feel like I'd infiltrated or like, I'd like, what the fuck is he doing here? You know, like I paid for my membership. I'm there. I'm putting the work in. I'm not creeping in. I'm not, you know, I'm the last person in or the first person in and the last person out. And I kind of hide in the corner and I try to be as, uh, 
um, unassuming and, and sort of like out of the way as, as I possibly can. Yeah. Um, uh, and I asked one of the instructors, I was like, this is, this is cool that I'm here. Right. Cause I, I feel like I'm kind of like messing up the, the vibe a little bit, just being a gross boy. Right. And she was, all the instructors are super cool. Like they're really happy that I'm here. They said there's another guy who's been there. He's been doing it for like five years. He's done like 700 classes or something, but I've not seen him. Oh. He's probably some fucking Adonis. Looks like Hugh Jackman. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I do, I do like it. I like it for a lot of reasons. Yeah. But would I, if I didn't skate or I didn't ride bikes or I didn't have like, would, would this be my thing? Uh, not, no. Yeah. No, okay. For sure not. Yeah. I don't know what my thing would be. Yeah. I, you know, I used to think that I knew what my thing or my things were like, these are the things that I do and I'm about them. And I think I built some part of my identity around like riding bikes and, you know, doing other, some other things. Oh yeah. And then I came to realize that, I mean, I think it was probably an injury that taught me like, nope, that's, that is not actually your identity. Those are things you like to do. That's fine. And you will like my attitude toward bikes now is totally different than how it was 15 years ago, 10 years ago when I took things a lot more seriously and I tried a lot harder. And now my attitude is like, if I don't think I'm going to have fun, I'm probably not going out. I just don't, yeah. I'm not, I don't need to prove myself in any way on any of this stuff anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely relate to that. When I blew my ACL out in 2015, I felt like such a fraud, you know, cause I was basically like, I'm on a, I'm on a sofa, like I'm fucked. And yeah. I was, I was like saying, you know, I was like, oh, I'm never going outside again. I guess, you know, I mean, it really fucked me up mentally. And then I wondered about like, well, who am I? If I'm not the if I'm not the bike rider, if I'm not the skateboarder, if I'm not the active guy, yeah. and I'm on, you know, I I do this website that I promote, like going out and goofing around, or going out, going out and goofing off, and using your body and kids in a vacant lot and all that stuff, and all, and I'm just like, I'm just trapped inside, you know, and it was a, that was a really difficult shift for me to to recognize. Yeah. Or to address or embrace. I don't even know what the, what the term would be. Right. Uh, cause I don't identify with any of it. This is, this is stuff that I do. And these are friends that I've made through that and a life that I've built around these things. But is it like who I am internally? No, I don't think so. I mean, I don't want to, I don't, I definitely don't want to try to get deep here, but what I think is that the, what I am internally is nothing or it's, or it's changeable, right? Like if you plucked me out of this life and put me in, uh, outer Mongolia, I'm going to become some kind of herder and that'll, that'll be my identity then. Like, I don't Robot know if there's the anything fixed, like permanent about me. And there doesn't because need to be. I think we feel like, oh, if we if there's not a perma if there's not a true self, then I'm somehow inauthentic or unreal. But I think that's bullshit. I think like, you know, you get up, you you drink your coffee if you have it, 
and like you play the cards that get dealt to you that day. And if you get to ride bikes and you like to ride bikes, that's awesome. But if suddenly you can't do that anymore, well, then you are going to become something else. And that's fine. Yeah, I think there's it because cycling is so identity centric. Yeah. You know, like I'm a roadie. I'm a mountain biker. I'm a free rider. I'm yeah. a dirt jumper. You know, like the, the, your whole trip is based on this thing that you do. And I've long tried to stay away from any of any of those things. Like, you know, it just doesn't. I'm a messenger, you know, like, no, it's a job I have. <laughs> but that's not. And, and these are uh, these is these are friends that I've made through that job. But it's not. I, when you become, when you begin to identify with a thing that you do or a thing that you own, yeah, I think that's where you get into. Well, you don't get into trouble. That's your trip. Whatever. I just don't. I don't. Right. I just. To it. I think that urge to pin yourself and other people down is counterproductive because it it leads to me saying I'm never going to fucking bar class. <laughs> unless, unless Steve does it, <laughs> I'm a so I'm I'm a bar guy now. Like yeah. that's my identity. Yeah. What you want to talk about? You want to talk about little nine pound weights and doing tiny a million tiny rows with your butt yeah arched and your or your back arched and your butt like pinned to the back wall and oh it's just so dumb looking. Yeah. Uh, I but, love it. Yeah, beast. Lean into stupid. That's I For think now. that's a good guiding principle lean into stupid yeah. there was a jillian andrews jillian andrews or jillian anderson jillian, jillian anderson, anderson is from is, the x-files yeah okay so it's jillian andrews i think she's like the trainer to the stars oh or whatever. i think that's jillian michaels <laughs> really i could okay. be wrong i could be well, wrong. she's got this she's got this program called 30 day shred <laughs> and i bought it's like it's bought um uh, it's like you do one set of exercises is cardio, stretching, and calisthenics. Yeah. Wait, what's calisthenics? Like jumping jacks and... Oh, okay. What's car... No, okay. So the cardio and calisthenics are different? No. It's stretching, cardio, and... Fuck. You did oh, it a so lot. That's why you know it, it so well. It's three... <laughs> It's three things yeah. and you do jumping jacks and then you stretch and then you do the third thing and then you go back and you do like burpees. Yeah. And so you do like 15 days of this and 50 or 30 days of this, 30 days of this and 30 days of this. And it gets increasingly more difficult each stage. And I bought the video and I used to do it. I couldn't get it on my laptop. So I'd have to like turn my office computer and do it like in the kitchen. And I was hit my head on the <laughs> bar top and shit. I'd like be touching the wall or knocking the cat food over. But the first 30 days, like you do that 30 days and you do it every day. And it, it was like super addictive. And I was, oh, really? you know, oh, I loved it. I loved it so much. Weights, strength, cardio, stretching. That's what it is. Weights, cardio, stretching. Hmm. And, um, and that felt really, really good because it felt like finally I'm doing something. And it's pretty, it's kind of no brainer, you know, like I was saying Pilates is so specific. Yeah. And it, you could do it at in your own house and there's a pretty wide margin for error because you can only do you know curls you can't really fuck curls up and you can't really fuck jump ropes up or jumping jacks or whatever 
<clears throat> well, I, don't know. I see at I don't Suffer know Club. Talking about that. We have this, we do all kinds of stuff at Suffer Club, and people are like, Am I doing this right? And I'm like, Well, no, but it, it does, you know, keep going. Um, people ask, Oh, what are we doing tomorrow? I'll say, uh, We're going to run around and jump up and down and stuff. And I think, <laughs> I think having that attitude of like, like, I think this is. I think trying is more important than doing, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like, don't yeah, hurt I mean, yourself. I, that's what I get worried about. Like, yeah. I'm going to do something wrong and then I'm going to be and then I'm going to get injured because of it. Because I've done that before, too. And like you said, like your shoulder froze. Yeah. But your frozen shoulder was partially out of fear. Like part of my reservation is doing anything other than what I know how to do is that I'm going to end up getting fucked up because of but think about little kids. Think about like kids run and jump and climb and roll around. And it's just like this is this sort of kinetic energy. Yeah. So why not apply? Why not apply that? Like it just, I don't know, it just seems. Yeah, that's the thing. Jump on the ground, get up. You, the thing is, you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt yourself. Right. You, you ride bikes, you're going to hurt yourself. You ride skateboards, you're going to hurt yourself. You do exercises, you're going to hurt yourself. It's okay to hurt yourself. It's okay. Mm, no, it's not. No, it sucks, <laughs> but, but it's not really avoidable. Right. I don't want to hurt myself be, like through trying to do something good for myself. I guess that's... Yeah, I guess so. I guess I over, so. You know, I do something wrong and I tear muscles or I make myself more prone to injury because I've done these sets of exercises incorrectly, I guess. That's sure. What, what I'll tell of. people at Suffer Club actually is slow down. Everyone wants to bang everything out and move on. And it gets it gets like low level competitive where this person is faster than that person. And like who's in front? And I'm like, just look, your form is terrible. Just slow down and do it right. You're not going to hurt yourself if you move slowly. And yeah. it's fine. You can do a curl really slowly. You can do a push up really slowly. It's fine. Just slow down. Are you the, you're like the captain of this thing? I am. You're the boss. I don't know how this happened at all. I have no <laughs> fucking idea how this happened. I'm not qualified. My wife is like to... group fitness certified. She's got like a, she's got letters that she can put after her name if she wants. And so I'm sort of apprenticed, you know, to her. That's really cool. But I, I, I run. Out. I want to move to Massachusetts and do Suffer Club with you. Suffer Club is dope. We have our the park where we work out. The sun rises over the Atlantic, like you can see the water from the top of the hill where we work out, and so you see the sun come up on North America. It's fucking beautiful. It was like mahogany this morning. We were out there. It's dope. Sounds nice. And it was the solstice. There were a bunch of fucking hippies out there doing some druid ritual. (laughs) (laughs) You think we'd be friends if we? If we like, if we were in the same place, you and we me just talk once a week. Yeah. Or do you think we'd get, you get tired of me? I don't see why we wouldn't be friends. I mean, That's I'd insane. Come to Suffer club and you'd be like, oh, this fucking clown again. No, I think that would be hilarious. Total spaz. I don't know how we're friends from 3000 miles away, but we wouldn't be friends from three miles away. I don't. <laughs> it's maybe it's the distance that makes things better. Oh, I have yeah. this guy, this guy, Snakehawk. Uh, and I have been friends for, I think, I don't know, 13 years, 14 years, never laid eyes on each other. Yeah. 
it, maybe it's for the best. You know, it's like that's what would cause the universe to collapse if we ever actually were in the same room at the same time. Uh, let's get on to question three. Yeah. Did you ever imagine yourself cross training to be able to skate? Did you think that you did you think or do you think there will be a point at which you can't skate or ride anymore? Uh, uh, kinda. Yeah. Yeah. I think probably so. Cause it's that you won't be able to skate anymore. That's oh point. no, I'll be able to do, I'll be able to do everything that I'm, that I do currently. I just won't be able to do it as at, at, at the level that I am because I'm not able to do it at the level that I could 10 years ago or 10 years before that. Right. You know, cause that's just, that's just how, but do you think you'll be like Tony Alva is what? 61, 62, six, fuck, he's like 60, maybe 64 now. And he still skates. Yeah. He kills it. And pools. Oh. Yeah. Muscle memory, I think is, that's real big, you know, yeah. like, you know, you, you look at Lance mountain mountain. Yeah. Uh, you look at Caballero, like you look at the old guys and they're still, they're still fucking killing it, but they've been doing that. They've been doing those things for so long. Lance did a, he was on a BS with TG, which is like a video interview thing that, uh, Tommy Guerrero was doing. And Lance was talking about, he did a, like a frontside invert over a channel, which is so you basically are like airing over the channel and onto your hand and then dropping back into the pool. And he said that his, uh, like his bicep muscle tore off of the, like when he did that, he overextended. He said he it just, it sounded like carpet was tearing in his oh, arm. Fuck. So, you know, the muscle had to be reattached. Like, we're just not as pliable. We're not as bendy now as we used to be. And so, um, I knew, as I said at the beginning, I knew I was going to have to do something besides riding because I was just feeling my body kind of like collapsing in on itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I've always kind of been mindful of at least stretching, you know, if that's not really cross training, but it's, <laughs> it's like yeah. preparing, transitioning in and out of physical, physical activity. Uh, so, uh, but maybe like, not when I was, I never even thought, I didn't even know what cross training was until, you know, like 10 years ago. Well, it wasn't invented before that. I don't think so. <laughs> the word, those words together weren't combined. I don't think. I don't skate. So I skated a little bit when I was a teenager. The thing, my impediment was I wasn't allowed to have a skateboard. Right. So I had to borrow people's skateboards and everyone only had just one. So it was like one, you know, you'd be, you'd be moving around town and like one kid would be jogging (laughs) (laughs) and one, and my friends weren't like, oh no, I'll be the jogger. You can borrow my skate. So, um, I didn't really skate very much skated like a couple you know a little bit in my 20s and then i was like okay i'm just not that's just not who i am but i love skating i love to watch like i watch skate videos all the time and eventually one of my kids started to skate and i was like oh okay i'll skate with you and at first i was pushing around and then i'm trying to do a couple tricks but i felt i you know you fall a few times and i can't skate for shit like you know i can't skate for shit because i haven't skated and it fucking hurts. And and yeah. all of my friends who do skate are like, if you haven't skated the whole time, stop. 
<laughs> I wouldn't say that. There have been a lot of people who've been like, "Yeah, man, you've inspired me to start skating again," or or to start skating. And a couple of people have reached out to me and they said, "Yeah, I slammed one time, and that was just like it's like shook my reality so profoundly that I'm never going to do it again." But I do when so like I've always had a I've always had a skateboard like since I was like 12. You know, and there was a number of years where I wasn't actively quote sessioning but i always had a board i'd skate to the liquor store you know do like a little nose stall or whatever and then it was about 10 years ago uh after i'd been going to see this trainer i was like yeah my body feels really good and i feel like i want to use it in a way that's different than i consistently use it now which is on a bike which is very linear skateboarding is kind of all over the place and uses you know different muscles and stretches different parts or whatever and um uh, where, where was I going with this? Uh, oh, <clears throat> so I went to the Alameda park and I, it had been a, a minute since I'd skated transition and I was cruising around, I was skating the bowl. I get a little grind here, a little grind there. And then I decided there's a trick called a disaster, which I like, I love a frontside disaster where you come up and your back is towards the transition and you kind of air and you s- slap on the deck. So you're, your front truck is up against the coping and then you drop back in. And I was like, that was my go-to, you know, it was easy. It was not quite a front side air, but it was, you know, stalled a little bit once you land on the deck and you roll back in and I hung up and I just went straight to flat in, in a cement park. And I contend that if I had been there by myself, I would have died there <laughs> that day. You know, but there was a bunch of other kids and I heard some kids be like, Ooh, fuck. <laughs> are you okay? You know, cause they thought they, they just watched grandpa fall down the stairs <laughs> and, uh, I got up and I kind of walked it off, but th- that it was so shocking, you know, like falling down is one of the greatest gifts that skateboarding teaches you sure. is that how, how to fall down and that you get back up and you keep doing it unless you break something you know compound fracture or tear something or whatever like it just you're just it's just bruising or abrasions but this uh, like my skeleton tried to like (laughs) run out of my skin it was so fucking startling yeah and then i remembered that day like okay yeah falling down is I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. When I was skating with my kid, I fell down some and I don't mind falling down. Like I'm pretty good at falling down and sometimes it really hurts. You know, like you catch the inside of your knee on -hmm. the basketball court. And that is just like, (laughs) it's like being murdered through your knee, (laughs) but like, okay, you, you rub it. And like three days later, you're fine. I don't mind that. It's just that I came to the conclusion that I couldn't sustain enough falling down to get good at it. Yeah. Like that train has left the station. Yeah. It's, it's pretty intimidating. There's a big, there's a park here, a big outdoor park. And I was skating in the big bowl and it was the first time I'd been in a big bowl in a number of years. And it was, you know, you carve, so you just keep enough speed so that you're like centrifugal force is keeping you on the wall. And then once you, get enough speed you can get up and you can do grinds and stuff like that but man looking at like a 10 foot transition from the bottom it's like that's a that is a really far that's over oh well over my own height to the bottom and you know i didn't have any 
ads or anything. So I was just like kind of gambling with my life. Right. But it was total gas. Like I, you know, it's like in my, I started kind of like getting the muscle memory back and remembering how to, remembering how to skate properly instead of just in a parking lot on parking blocks, you know, which is super fun. Right. But it's just, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's wild. And I know it's going to take a lot of work for me to be able to maintain that because as we've said on the, at the outset, we're not getting any younger. Seems but true. I love it. I love it. I love yeah. it so much and I'm going to do whatever I can do to continue to maintain it. And if I have to love bar class or if I have to love yoga in order to maintain being able to do these things, then that's what I'm going to do. I feel that way. I feel like actually <clears throat> I don't ever need a gym membership, but maybe I'll just keep going to physical therapy just forever. Just Well, that's it. That's a super good, uh, I mean, it's good to, good for maintenance, Yeah, you know, but, th and this is something like I realized at some point that you have to engage in the conversation yourself. You can go to physical therapy, you can go get massages, you can get acupuncture, all this stuff, but you have to engage in the process as well. Like you have to be actively an active participant. Right. Yeah. You can't just lean into other people and have them fix your aches and pains. You have to work to make yourself stronger. Also, that's a tremendous. I don't know why that didn't seem so obvious to me before, but that was a tremendously positive uh, self care message you just delivered there. It was kind of a lightning bolt because yeah. I, you know, like I was just going, I'd get fucked up and I'd go to the chiropractor and he put me back together and. I get fucked up. I go to the acupuncturist, you know, but then I was like, oh shit. Yeah, no, I got to spend a lot of time making my body stronger. Yeah. Like that's my, that's my role in. Right. I got a job. The maintenance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. E exactly. Yeah. Um, it's a good way yeah. to live too. It's a good way to I, live too. Like even if you I don't think, think so. you, you're managing self-care for your mental health or whatever, if you're not doing those things well, but if you're, if you're eating right and, you know, doing your push-ups and eating your spinach and, you know, it's a good way to live. If I, you know, I, I, sometimes I'll see questions like, what would you tell your 20 year old self? Like what life lessons would you tell your 20 year old self? Yeah. And I think two of them, well, one of them would definitely be don't be so hard on yourself you know be nicer to yourself yeah love yourself a little bit more talk say nice things to yourself a little bit more uh which we've covered in past episodes but but i think uh, the other f component of that would be to uh take better care of your body yeah you know because i'm doing a lot of uh i'm doing a lot of damage control yeah. anymore yeah because it you know it didn't hurt to fall down when I was 20, but it hurts. I'm feeling the effects of all of those slams then. They were now. time bombs. You thought they were bombs, <laughs> but they were time bombs. Yeah. Every yeah. time you fucking hit the deck and you're like, wow, that didn't even hurt. It does just not for 20 more years. That's like right. this is all going to come back. So those are the two, those are the two lessons. I think a, a slightly older and wiser me would say to a, slightly younger and slightly less wise me. Well, if you're out there and you're listening and you heard that and you're younger, write that shit down. 
Write that shit down, you know? Diversify your stuff. Yeah. There you go. Um, all right. <clears throat> Have yeah. we had an hour yet? Yeah, it's time to go. I gotta go do dad right. shit. Like a dad. Uh, well, let me uh, let me read the outro then. Oh, do it. Thanks for listening to Revolting. <laughs> If you have questions for us or topics you want us to pontificate on, email me, Stevel, at Cycling Independent, or Robot at Robot, no, Robot <laughs> at Cycling Independent. Yep. If you like this or any other fun stuff you find on the Cycling Independent, please consider a voluntary paid subscription. It's currently the only way we have to pay ourselves. For the price of one top ramen a day, you could buy Robot. Or me, another top ramen. Oh, I love it. I love it. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in. As always, this is Steve. Robot. Don't forget to suck it. <laughs> <laughs>